Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll hear from Daryl Kane Sanchez, who will tell us about his improvisational journey. We'll play a couple games, and most importantly, we'll learn how he improved his life. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Lee Evans. And today I am joined by the incredibly talented improviser, stand-up comedian, and rescuer of all dogs, Daryl Kane Sanchez. Daryl, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Well, this I feel like you are a guest who's been a long time coming. You are, <laughs> this is our 10th episode. So cool. this is, is kind of a momentous occasion. A so thank you for being here for number 10. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So Daryl, before we jump into, uh, you know, our usual game activities, I just want to take a little bit of time for you to kind of introduce yourself to the people out there who might not know you. Um, how long have you been involved with IFTP? So my IFTP journey actually starts in about 2018, not hmm. as a performer, as an audience member, because I knew one of the um, performers, improvisers that belonged. And so I love the stage. I love seeing that kind of live um, entertainment. And so started following the shows. And then eventually that same friend who introduced me to IFTP said, hey, I think you should check it out. You should do improv. Mm -hmm. And so it took a while, but last year, August of 2021, I took my first, very first class and I've never looked back. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't know that, that you started as an audience member. So we're going we're gonna to dig in, into that a little more later because I'm definitely curious. And I would say that once you started in August 2021, I think you went full force, which is something I've always very much appreciated about you is you're like... You know, you, you did something like fully, like you gave yourself fully over to it rather than like, I'm going to dip my toe and you just dove headfirst into the improv pool, which is always something I've admired about you. Thank you. I, I think that's been one of my best features and one Mm. of my worst features (laughs) is because I can, I have a tendency to appear to be, oh my gosh, you're insane. You're crazy. Calm down. You're manic. When it's just when I really like something, I want to give my 100%. Mm. And that's what this is. It's like my 100%. I love it so much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just thinking about improv too, that quality you have of like fully committing to something translates well into your scene work as well. Thank you. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this today uh, leading up to our recording. I believe the first time we met, um, you were in a Cool Beans comedy class as well around the same time that you started at IFTP. It was August, 2021. Correct. I think Sunday, August 6, 2021. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that date, but, uh, I came in to audit a class, yes. uh, a Cool Beans class. Cause I had been interested in finding some sort of live comedy class to get involved with. And I remember I watched your set and I met you afterwards. <laughs> and I think we chatted for a little bit and you helped me find improv for the people because I'd heard about it from you. And I think Matt was there as well. And like that day changed my whole life trajectory. Cause I didn't know about improv for the people. I only knew about cool beans comedy that day. Wow. And like just me randomly showing up on a Sunday to audit this class, like that's awesome. It was terrific. So I'm always very appreciative for the role that you played in, in 
helping me find this place. And you, I think I joined your class in the month of September, I think, or August. I don't know. I don't know if I joined in August I'm pretty sure you were in September. Okay. Yeah. That sounds right. October at the latest. Oh, September for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I want to, if I might touch upon what you just said. Sure. Um, I personally feel that people come into our lives for reasons Mm. and you don't necessarily know what that reason is at at that moment, but something they might have something for you to discover or find out about. And if I can be a facilitator, whoops, if I can be a facilitator of that, I want, I want to be there, you know? And so thank you for sharing that with me. Cause I didn't know and yeah. that's cool because yeah. I loved getting to know you. You're mm-hmm. such a incredible person, incredible improviser. And I, I miss you in classes mm. a lot. I know. I know. I miss. I still get to see you on stage. So that's. It's not the same. Though. It's not well, the same. That, that Wednesday class. Shout out to Wednesday night <laughs> class. Wednesday night. <laughs> I'm I'm biased. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just that that sticks with me because you're one of the reasons I'm here now, and I just am always thankful for that. So. Well, you're welcome. We're starting off on a pretty sappy note, but <laughs> I wasn't sure, you know, to, I thought, Oh to. crud, what if I start to cry? Is like, this supposed to be improv for the people? Well, Hey, if you cry, you cry. So. You cry, you cry. That's it's all right. That's the way it's it goes. Right. <laughs> that's right. All right, Daryl. Well, we're going to get into your improv journey a little more later, but as always, as is tradition here on improv for the podcast, um, as we're continuing to, to save up money to improve our sign, yes. Come on, uh, people. we got to play some three things. <laughs> we got to play some three things. So Daryl, I have some hand selected categories for you from three things, but it's personal. Okay. Uh, are you ready for some three things? I'm today? ready for three things. Excellent. All right. I'm very excited for this. All right, here we go. These are three things. Uh, movies you like. Uh, <clears throat> Titanic. One. Fall play. Two. And the third one is on the tip of my tongue. And I wonder why I'm having a hard time Getting it out. Clueless. Three. These are three things. Uh, things that are only in Wisconsin. <clears throat> Packers. One. Um, uh, Wisconsin Dells. Two. Uh, Wausau, Wisconsin. Three. These are three things. Uh, favorite dog breeds. I knew that was going to be a question. Yes, yes, yes. Chihuahua. One. Terrier. Two. Um, mutts. Three. These are three things. All right. All right. I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. Um, I love Clueless. Clueless is a great oh, movie. Oh, my God. It's so 90s camp. And yeah. Alicia Silverstone is one of my favorites. Yeah. Like, she's just, she's very, actually, pretty versatile as an actress. Yeah. I mean, she's done a lot of different things. And uh, one of my first remembrances of her, even though this is about us and improv with the people, is she did a movie with uh, Carrie Elways, and she was a psycho kid mm-hmm. who fell in love with a. He was a tenant that moved into um, uh, an apartment above the garage. Her family mm-hmm. rented it to him, and she became really psycho. And it was like, I love it. She was so great. I gotta see character. that. Yeah, I love Carrie Elways too. Yeah. He was good too. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I love, I always think of her in uh, Batman forever oh, yeah. and then <laughs> clueless. Those are like two, like, I'm like, Oh, she was great in both those movies. She, she, you know, they make those um, outfits very form fitting. <laughs> they did. The, they don't the, leave much to the imagination. I mean, even George Clooney's, he had nipples on oh, there. No, I like, mean, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he finally acknowledged men have nipples. It's true. It was Batman. We weren't sure until that movie came out. Exactly. exactly. But now we know. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the guy. Joel, I can't remember Joel the, Schumacher. Was it Joel? Yeah, I okay. think so. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. All right. So uh, some good movie choices there. All right. Things that are only in uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin Dell. I don't know what that is. So I want you to tell me about that. What okay. is Wisconsin Dell? So Dells. Wisconsin Dells hmm. is a place that all Wisconsinites love to go to during the summer. Mm. It's basically, how can I describe it? It's just like an amusement park of of sorts. Mm. They don't have roller coasters and things like that, but they have these things known as ducks. Those are boats that are on wheels. Yeah. So they can be on the road and they can go into the water. So you'll see those up at the Wisconsin Dells. My family loves going up there. My first recollection of the Wisconsin Dells was when I was in grade school mm. and I was um, a crossing, I wasn't not a crossing guard, but I was on some type of um, club that I had to wear some, you know, like this, this crazy little thingy and it was yeah. orange. I remember it. Yeah. So we always would go up to the Wisconsin Dells for like a weekend type of a thing, mm. not camp at all. Not like camp where we've been in a camp, but this is just like, it's like, uh, so <laughs> My those are my my only remembrances of was going up for that those events mm. you know for that for that like field trip sort of a thing sleeping in the beds and that's all I remember I remember nothing else about it I've never gone back I don't care my family loves it and I'm yeah. like okay I'm indifferent I'm yeah. indifferent yeah yeah I gotta my mom also grew up in Wisconsin okay and she was there I think until she was a teenager um so I wanna I wanna ask her about if she knows about the Wisconsin Dells. Cause that's uh, just curious. I bet she does. Yeah. I bet she does too. <laughs> all, right, all right. Okay. Well, our last category, I have to agree with you. I think mutts are make some of the best dogs mm-hmm. because there's kind of a fun with the gamble <laughs> that is a mutt, you know, just in their appearance, their personality. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of chihuahuas personally, but I've never owned one. So that's, you know, I can't really say, and I've never owned a terrier either, but mutts, had a lot of mutts in my day, so I'm, yeah. I'm a mutt man. Yeah, mutts are, just like you said, they're just, you You don't know what you're going to get. Chances mm. are you're going to have a dog that's pretty pretty loving. Sometimes mm. they'll have a behavioral issue or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of overlook it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chihuahuas, just the only reason we have chihuahuas is because of California shelters. Yeah. And a lot of dogs that get dropped there are chihuahuas because people don't realize they're they're not just this cute little dog. They're mm-hmm. yippy, they're noisy, and they're sweet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just say sweet. <laughs> yeah, is, that, is that the first word that comes to mind when you think of chihuahuas? Sweet? No, no, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> well spelled with an S. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I love them. Some yeah. of them can be really good cuddlers, too. So. I believe it. I believe Our it. oldest dog, the one we had the longest, 15 years, is a chihuahua. Wow. So she's a chihuahua and a dachshund, so she's got a bit, a little bit longer body, yeah. longer uh, nose. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's Nikki. She's she's quite a character. Mm. <laughs> Nikki, future friend of the podcast. No, I, I don't think Nikki's going to be a guest. Yeah, I don't think Nikki's going to be a guest. She doesn't have much to say. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, thank you for humoring me, Daryl, on uh, some Anytime. dog chat. Anytime. Uh, all right. So... I want to go ahead and get into learning about kind of your, your history with improv, your journey in it so far. Um, and where we always start, of course, on improv for the podcast, I want to know when was the first time in your life you, you learned about improv, what it was, 
whether that was, you know, as an adult, when you were a kid, whenever that point was, you learned or like you saw, you know, some people on stage or in some sort of performance, they're making something up. You heard this term improv. When, when was that for you, Daryl? <laughs> so that would be 2018. 2018. Yeah. All right. Uh, up until then, I mean, I'm not like a lot of the guests that you've had on that, it, that have seen television television shows it's been all whose lines yes. whose line <laughs> whose line is it or whatever that program is yeah, sorry yeah. sorry wayne anyways um it was that wasn't it for me mm. it was being invited to come to the show mm. um uh, improv for the people and when i saw what they were doing it was just incredible mm. i i wasn't an improver so i actually got questioned as, as an audience member. <gasps> yes. Yeah, so they got to, to put my life up on stage and it was so fun Yeah, watching these people just make fun of it, make a whole story, make all this stuff just from their brains, just from what they, they mm-hmm. heard mm-hmm. from their gray spacing. And so that's, that would be like the first time I ever learned about improv. Yeah. Um, and as far as the bug comes that, Obviously came in twenty twenty one. I would get I would say twenty twenty one because I joined class. So yeah. yeah. You went from audience member to performer. To performer, All exactly. Right. Well, let I'm gonna I'm gonna give ourselves a little bit of context here. So before twenty eighteen, had you had an interest in performing at all? Had you done like any theater back in school or while growing up or living out here in LA? Had performing in any capacity been something that was an, of an interest to you? So I think I've always been a performer in a sense. Mm. I think we all are performers. We perform as different characters in different instances all the time. Mm. However, my biggest joy was always making people laugh Mm. because as a child, I wasn't very happy. Uh, I was in one play when I was in the first grade and set at St. Mary's. Uh, private school in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Shout out St. Mary's. St. Mary's. And um, that was when I kind of felt a bug. However, mm. I, I, I never really pursued it. Yeah. I, I'm not, I mean, I did, I uh, did the music man in uh, freshman high school. It was mm-hmm. a, I'm pretty sure I was a tenor. I think that's the right. Mm-hmm. I think that was the right. Um, yeah. The higher yeah. Uh, men's part. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved performing. I loved being on stage. And yet I didn't pursue it. Mm. And I moved to California not because of acting. I moved here because of the weather. When I first... Pretty good reason. Yeah. When I saw all the sun, when I first came in 85, I was like, this is where I want to be and this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. So I told people I'm going to move there. And that's Mm. what I did. I did a year later, I moved to California. So I kind of thought about it here and there. Also about... Should I get into, you know, do this? Should I be, you know, going to commercials? Do I want to, you know, be an actor? I didn't really, I must not have wanted to. Hmm. I'll just say that much. I must hmm. not have wanted it that badly because I didn't pursue it. I, I decided there were other things that I wanted to do. Hmm. And so that's what I did. And so I know now that improv is where I, want to be and i want to be here for a really long time because mm. i really really like it yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's if i may it's just so amazing what i see in my classes yeah on stage 
I know some really incredibly talented people that just make me laugh just for nothing, just being sheer like silliness. And it's so fun. It's fun to be that kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I very much agree. I think some of the best moments happen in class. Oh yeah. I mean, shows are great too, but, but, but class is a class is a different kind of space. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I, I, I love that like you had had little, little taste, well, taste of like performing at different points in your life. Yeah. But yeah, just sometimes it takes longer to catch on. We don't always realize we want something until, you know, at other times in life, which I think is always interesting. And I think hearing your journey of kind of how you found this place, Improv for the People, was just through a friend saying, hey, you should come check out this improv show. Mm-hmm. And just kind of you being like, all right, I guess, like I'll show up. Um, after that first initial show, uh, were you a pretty frequent visitor in terms of like coming to see shows here. I don't think I was, hmm. I'm pretty sure I wasn't. I probably saw two shows okay. for IFTP in 2018, 2019. And they were both at a Hollywood theater. Hmm. Uh, so when I first learned about IFTP here at the Pico, then I practically have been to almost every single show yeah. that has, has been here. Hmm. And also because, as you mentioned before, because of um, my stand-up, and that was, uh, I was learning that in uh, or at the Pico Playhouse. Got it. Okay. So it's just, and Matt, I met Matt through that stand-up. Yes. Mm. And I knew from the moment I met Matt, this is someone I wanted in my life because I really loved watching him and perform. And then when seeing him on stage, is like just amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, so... My my history of being in the theater is like so much more now. Like mm. after, you know, post pandemic. Yeah, yeah, a you lot of off. shows. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. So did your um you started doing stand up before you started doing improv, right? Correct. Okay, and when did you start doing stand up? Coincidentally, twenty eighteen. Oh, yeah, twenty eighteen. Okay. Okay. I did stand up first. Oh, um, got it. Again, the same person that introduced me to improv. Introduced me to stand up. Wow! And we were at, she was doing a show at the Ice House mm. through the classes that she had taken, and it was her final show. Mm. Uh, meaning that they, it's a it's a classroom uh, experience, five classes, and then on the sixth one, they were, they go on stage. Yeah, and it was the at the Ice show. House. It was like so cool. Tons it's of like, friends in the audience. It's a great venue. Lots yeah. of oh, it was absolutely fantastic. And as and when I was watching her, and I said. I want to do this. Mm. I want to do this. I want to get up there. This has been something that I've thought about mm. for a while, about being stand-up, yeah. in stand-up. And so it just coincidentally, like the following Sunday, there was a class starting up. Wow. So I got right into I, it. And like again, yeah. again <laughs> I just got right into it, no questions, and mm. I've been doing that ever since. Wow. I'm okay. taking a break right now because I'm focusing more on improv. Yeah, sure. Eventually, I, I hope to get back to that. I will when I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so. And I know I'm going to shout you out here. Daryl is, is an excellent stand-up comedian. I, I have had the, the pleasure of seeing him perform a number of times, and I've really enjoyed his sets and just kind of that spin you bring to your work. So I, Thank you. I, I love that you're like kind of that dual performer. Like, yeah, I do stand-up. And I do improv and yes. like you're very polished at both, which I think is hard to do. Um, so I always, 
I appreciate your work in both those things. Okay, so you, you started stand up in 2018, and this person, this mystery person, they they've introduced you both to improv and stand up right around the same time. You get into stand up immediately, and you're working on it. You're working on it, right? You get you get started taking classes. Then the pandemic hits, and I mean we're we're at home for a lot of it. Were you trying to do any stand up during the pandemic? I did not. Ah, yeah. I, I mean, my focus was at that time to survive and, yes. not, and not die. Yeah. Although good objectives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> considering I had similar ones. Yes, <laughs> considering what was going on. Yeah. I'm lucky. We're lucky that we have a property up near um, pioneer town, mm. which is near Yucca Valley, which is mm-hmm. near Joshua tree. Yeah. So that's where I escaped to during the pandemic. So mm. my focus was, staying alive, taking care of the kids that were up there with me, the four-legged kids, of course. Yes, of course. And, um, woof, woof. and just, and working and keeping my job and, and yeah. not losing my job. So yeah. I wasn't doing anything really extracurricular wise. Of course. Yeah. I was just, basically those were my focus. That was my focus. Hmm. And I had heard post pandemic. Yeah. Once we were starting to kind of come out, but not yeah. completely. That like later little, era. Yeah, yeah. A little bit like when I, joined in 2021 yeah people telling stories how they did classes in zoom and mm. their stand-up in zoom and they're right i just i've been on a, no, a number of zoom calls and it's just not the same thing as having oh, a real God. live audience it's terrible yeah it's just and i you know clap and kudos to those who could do it yeah not me oh, yeah i i need i really do inherently need to hear the laughs yeah 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 I'm, I think I'm the same as you. I did. Yeah. I, you know, there were people be like, come see my comedy show on zoom. And I was like, that's, that's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm so sorry. Like I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Not for me. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean the, the pandemic was killer to just any sort of live performance. And I think comedy in particular, like that stand up or improv yeah. or sketch is like, I mean, if you know, any sort of stage performance is just killed by that. Absolutely. So I'm glad, you know, things kind of rounded the corner post-vaccine a little bit. Things improved. Yes. Okay. So let's say this is mid-2021, right? There's a vaccine. Things are looking up a little bit. You know, people are starting to do things in person again. Yeah. Um, you jumped back into stand-up first, right? I did. Okay. I, I jumped back into that in, in June of 2021 hmm. because of something that happened in my life. Hmm. Because of something that happened in your life. Do you want to get into that or is that a story for another time? I'm happy to talk about okay. it. Because I think I know what the event that you're referring I to and I think it was a pretty pivotal moment in what's led you to where you are now. And as I mentioned earlier, earlier how Daryl um, is so great about diving headfirst into something, that level of commitment he has that I think is so necessary for this work, you showed it right off the bat. Um, so in 2021, Daryl, there was a life event that happened um, that I think for you gave you this mentality of like, I'm going to seize opportunities, right? Like today is yeah. the day that I'm going to do the things that I want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. What? Tell us about that, Daryl. <clears throat> so... I was traveling for work to Pensacola, Florida to help on a trial team, which I love that type of work. Like it's crazy hours and it's, you know, sometimes you're working for 24 hours, 36 hours straight with no sleep and it's pretty rough. Yeah. 
money wise, it's nice. Yeah. Okay. So I was traveling to Pensacola, Florida to, to participate and help in this trial. And I was in North Carolina on a layover. Mm. And as I um, scanned my boarding pass to get on my plane, to get to Pensacola, everything that was in my left hand and on my left arm just dropped to the ground. And in that moment, I knew what happened. I knew immediately what happened, what had happened. And I said, I've got to get to Pensacola because they're expecting me there to work. Hmm. So I worked for several hours at the Mm. trial site, went home early, had some dinner, went to sleep, hoping that when I wake up, it would be better. And it was not better. By the time I finally got up in the morning, it was, I'd gotten worse and basically got myself to the emergency hospital and had my, what I'd already known confirmed that I had a stroke. So once the doctor told me that I had a stroke and they left the room, I cried. I cried because the first thing I thought of, what am I going to do for work? I didn't think about anything else at that moment. Although yeah. I did think about, I'm going to tell my husband. Yeah. And I didn't tell him for the whole time that I was in the hospital which is a story for another time. Hey, that is, yes, that, that is, is a story for story. another time. <laughs> he eventually found out. Yeah. And I could not write for like, I did not write, excuse me. It's not that I, I could not write and I did not write for about 20 days. Wow. Maybe more than that. So from the 10th of May until June 2nd, it was the first time I could write. Mm. So in my mind, the reason I got back into stand up is because I wanted to share what had happened. Yeah. I thought about it being a way to share with other people that somebody who had a stroke, you can survive. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people in really bad shape and I am very fortunate. I'm very lucky because I did what I needed to do then if I had done it before, maybe, but at the same time, things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. They do. And it was in that moment of having that stroke in my recovery that I said, this is what I want to do. Mm. I don't want it to be about work all the time. I need to start having fun. I need to start taking care of me. So the stand-up did. It helped. It helped with my brain. It helped me. Like, you know, it just went to sh- goes to show that sometimes you have issues with your brain. I do have issues with my memory sometimes. Mm. Okay. And I think doing my sets and learning that stuff really helped me realize that I could still do it. Yeah. Don't be afraid. What improv taught me was like, this is, this is healing. This is just, it was healing to me. The joy that it brought to me every single week and those people that I met, like, I was like, oh my God, it was the it's better medicine than the medicines that I have to take now. Mm. It really is. It truly is. And the people have just that acceptance and accepting you for who you are and yeah. just having fun with you and accepting you. It's just, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. 
it's so like, oh, it gets you so high yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah. it's amazing that a place like this exists. Oh, yeah. And you, once you find it, you're like, wow, I, mm. I cannot believe I get to be a part of this. I, I am so, so lucky. Yeah. I think you mentioned, right, you were like, these are things I need to do. I need to have more fun. I need to take care of myself and realize that not everything I do is about work. And I think that's, those are such important lessons that are, I think most people spend their entire lives trying to figure out. I know that's a constant struggle I have in my own head, you know, just prioritizing things. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like everyone, right? Like, right, write that down right now. Yeah. thinking about your own well-being, like what you are getting out of life, right? Um, Don't wait until you're 55. Think about it now. Yeah. Think about, about what are the most important things for you now. What's going to be making you happy? Mm. Because when you die, all those material things aren't going to be there. If it's gone, it doesn't yeah. matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. What did you make of your life? What did you do? Mm. Yeah. That's, that's some good stuff, Daryl. <laughs> and I think, yeah, you just kind of, you took control. I think, right? You came That's back, you're like, boom, I'm going to yeah. do stand-up now. Yeah. Um, stand-up, you're like, you know what? I'm going to try improv. I've seen some shows in the past. I think I can do that too. And, and you got out there. You joined IFTP. And I, how, how was that, your experience in those first maybe couple classes, your first month of classes? You started August 2021, August you said. August 2021. What was that like coming in? You'd, you'd been doing stand-up. You had some experience there. So, first of all, the classroom was full. Like mm. There was at least... I'm pretty sure 14 people. Okay, yeah, good size, good size. Various age groups. Yep. From super, you know, young 20s to like myself being, mm. you know, 55. I'm sure there was somebody there that was older, but I, I don't recall right yeah, at this yeah. moment. I'll tell you, though, I, I did what mostly is suggested mm. when you start out in a class. Is I just sat there. And observed at first mm. to see what was going on to try to get an idea. Yeah. And when I stood up to do my first scene, uh, I will never forget the person who I did it with. I will never forget what we did. I know exactly how we were sitting, the whole kit and caboodle. I just, yeah. I know it. I know it all. And I don't even remember being nervous. However, I still had to learn what makes improv work. Because I didn't know about being present. I didn't know about listening to your scene partner. You know, I think I've watched so much TV. Yeah. And, and I'm so used to watching people. Like, I think, like, you, you're supposed to, I know you're, you're supposed to look at the person, you know, your person that you're in the scene with, right? I find myself a lot of times wanting to look to the audience. Mm. So it takes a real effort for me to, like, tune out, to have that fourth wall up and just yeah. ignore, even when they're sitting there laughing. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard. So just, I mean, I went home, talked to my husband about it, and told him how much fun it was. I couldn't wait until the following week. And mm. it just... I just listened. I, I watched. I observed. I took in everything that Matt taught us because I was in Matt's class yeah. and just really appreciated that. No one looked at me like, oh, you're new? Gosh, you stink, <laughs> right? No yeah. one did that. Yeah. No, no, it was like all accepting. Yeah. It was so 
I really needed that. Mm. I really needed that. Yeah. And IFTP gave me that. Yeah. I mean, I have to pay for it, but it's great. <laughs> I'd pay for it. I totally would. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's worth it. I think it sells itself yeah. after that first class. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, know? you come in and you get something different than you've ever experienced. Mm. And I think even just a few of the things you mentioned right off the bat, like diversity in age, which I know in my experience is something I hadn't really seen in a ton of improv classes is mostly a bunch of people in their twenties. Okay. Um, but then coming here, I like that. It's not just that it's because I think it's a, it's a richer classroom environment when you have people with so many more different perspectives, um, just bringing different like qualities and references to comedy is it, it's way better. Yeah. It's way better. It's yeah. a lot more fun. And I think coming into that here, I was like, this is cool. Like, you know, to, it makes it seem like a more, I don't know, it's a more inclusive environment because it's not just like this one type of like up and coming comedian, but like copy and pasted 12 times. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, uh, everybody's with like a waiter and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's a type we're in LA. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think just like you had mentioned that, that caught my eye immediately seeing that in my first classes. I was like, Whoa, this is cool. Yeah. You know, there's, a bunch of different type of people here. I love that. And we can all, we're all here just to do some improv. And like you said, you felt safe. Nobody pointed out like, Oh, you're the new guy. We're all pretty experienced over here. You know, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's coming up to you like that. And they're just, you know, going to be there to encourage you and be like, Hey, yeah, get up there. Yeah. Come on, Daryl. Like yeah. go do a scene. Yeah. I like, like that word you just used. Mm. Encouragement. Yeah. Like I, I don't know anything about any other improv improv studios. I've heard about all of them. No, yeah. that's not true. I haven't heard of all of them. I've heard <laughs> every um, single one, <laughs> every single one. Wow. I looked them all up and said, no, not wow. for me. Just not Yelp for reviews. Me, not, for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not enough stars. No, thank you. Not yeah, interested. Yeah, yeah. I found the place that's where I want to be. Mm. I guess I could go and check something else sure. out if I wanted to. Yeah. I don't want to because mm. It's even though I'm, I'm going to go back to the word encouragement. Everybody encourages everybody to be the very best that they can. Mm. And I've had lots of conversations with my friends outside. That's one of the things I, that's really great about this, this studio, these people, like people don't just want to be like your friend in the classroom. Yeah. They want to, they want to know about you mm-hmm. outside. That mm-hmm. means a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, I want people that are quality people. And when I've had friends share with me, oh, I'm not the way you are. And it's like, why would you expect to be the way I am? I'm who I am. Yeah. Also, you'll get there. Just keep trying and keep working at it. I think that's really important. People have to hear that. Yeah. I guess to be, you know, really pushed into their, their psyche to realize you can't just do this once and think you know mm. every single thing. No. You don't. I mean, I don't think I'll ever know everything. I, I think that's what makes it really fun. It's like yeah. every opportunity that I get in class or on stage or do scene work with somebody, it's something new. I can learn something. Yeah. It's yeah. so fun. And you can continue to get better at it, but still be challenged at the same time. Yeah. 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 Challenging. Being challenged is, imp- is important. Yeah. It, it helps you. It really does. It yeah. makes you want to keep going. Yeah. Cause yeah. it gives you something to work towards. Absolutely. Yeah. So in, in your experience, you've now been doing improv at IFTP for over a year, like coming up on a year and a half almost. Yeah, 
So six, uh, eight plus, no, eight plus six is 14. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so so it'd be like, like February, February. Yeah, February. A, so like a, a year and three months-ish yeah, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Wow. How do you think you've grown as an improviser from those first couple months to where you're at now? So I definitely listen a lot better mm. than I f- did when I first joined IFTP. I don't think I really understood it until I really did it. Mm. And the other thing is really learning how to be present and understanding what that means. That means your focus is only on your scene partner and your scene at that moment. Mm. That's, that's my interpretation. That means I'm not thinking about the bills that need to be paid or the dinner I need to make or the drive I have to do when I get home. That's all will be taken care of later on. Yep. The only way I'm going to be a, do a scene well is for me to be there at that moment with mm. no distractions. That takes work. It really does. Yeah. And when you do it, oh, it's amazing. It yeah. just makes you like, oh. And in that sense, that's me, me, being a better improviser, being better at what I do now has made it better for my relationship mm. with my husband. Like I've seen how I... I used to fly off the handle really easily about stuff. He'll be the first one to tell you. Short fuse. German. Hello, I've got German blood. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Nine. Schnell. Da. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wiener Schnitzel. Uh, I know that's not right. That's, but. that's like all I know. Yeah. Uh, Oktoberfest, yeah. <laughs> Liederhausen. And I said that wrong, but still. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. We're, we're very rich in our uh, yes. knowing we're, our ancestry and culture. Yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mom. I just, that's sorry, a Wisconsin grandpa. thing, right? Yeah, There's like a lot of like German people there. I yes, think because yes. I get that from my mom's side too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, a go. lot of Germans settled in Wisconsin. I yeah. don't know why particularly, but they did. I don't know. So um, probably the weather. Probably the weather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, the winters. They love them. They're like wait, humid summers and cold winters. Yes. Sign me up. Sign me up. I yeah. want to be there right now. Oh gosh, I never want to. Boy, leave. do I. I wish I was wearing six layers right now. Yes, I'm. <laughs> It's pretty chilly out there today, actually. That's true. About it, it was in the 60s. Yeah. This is an LA ice age for us today. Oh, my God. I have to put on the woolen blanket. Yeah, the woolen blanket, and I have to wear uh, fleece to bed or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. So getting back to yeah. my relationship with my husband yeah, and the fact that it, I, I, try, I really have been working more, so much more now, on being present in my relationship with him. And it's made a real big difference. Like I still, Mm. every once in a while I'll slip back and I stop later on and I think about what did I just do? You know, what was, what was it beneficial about you flying off the handle, for example, in that instant? Um, When I find myself when I'm present, I'm much more happier. Mm. Like I want to smile a lot more. Yeah. It's it's weird. So it's really, it, it has made a big difference in my personal relationships for certain. Work-wise, who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, work is work. Work yeah. is work. Work is yeah. work. And I think that you already kind of brought it up and kind of leads me into my next question of thinking about like improv's impact just outside of classes too. Because I know for me, improv has had a huge impact in other areas of my life and just I mean, my overall mentality and my general well-being. Mm-hmm. I think just being a member of IFTP has, oh my gosh, it's been so enriching. And I think you mentioned, like you said, being like, listening and being present. 
That's a huge one, huge one. Because I think, you know, in everyday life, it's so easy to get caught up on thinking about what's next or getting stressed about things to come, you know, being a worrier. I'm a huge worrier. Um, and improv, you know, teaches the opposite of that. You're just thinking about what's here and now, what information is here right in yes. front of you. Yes, absolutely. So what would you say, Daryl, for you has kind of been improv's impact? How has it bled into other areas of your life? <sighs> wow. I mean, besides my husband, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I do find it beneficial for my relationships with other individuals, mm. be them friends or just people I'm coming into, you know, in a store, for example. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of times you'll see someone go, ooh, like you make a judgment right away. I think what improv is teaching me is stop being judgmental. Mm. Not just to this person, because I think as improvisers, we judge ourselves a lot. Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I don't need, if I don't want to judge me, then why am I judging someone else? So. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I need to get over that. And that's, so that's a work in progress. I think the most important thing that it's teaching me is that awareness is, is being aware. Mm. And it, it really does make me happier. Like when I think about being an improv and doing a scene with someone or just thinking about this person's smile or their face, it just makes me so happy. Yeah. I really, I love the word that you said. It was like, you're coming up with the great words. Enriched. Like, yeah. my life is really enriched. Yeah. I mean, I've met you, an incredible person. I've Same. met D, your wife, an incredible oh, person. future wife. I mean, future wife, not future. Fiance. Future, sorry. Almost, not yet. <laughs> when, when this episode comes out, I think I'll be married. Yeah, I, I think so. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. <laughs> For my life, I guess. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, it's Richard, like, yeah. I mean, not, not just that. It's like, uh, and Matt's just not a teacher either. Yeah. He's, he's a friend. Mm. He's a person that when you see walking down the street, doesn't ignore you. He yeah. like embraces you and wants to get to know you. And everybody that, that comes into your life can be someone that can't impact you if you let them. Mm. You have yeah. to let them. Yeah. Sometimes having those walls up, whatever that might be, being scared and not knowing that person and just being fearful doesn't get us very far. Yeah. It doesn't. Mm. So I try not to be fearful in scenes. Mm. That's an, so that's an example where being in a scene, if I can not be fearful of whatever might come out of my mouth, who cares? You know, you may think it's dumb, but your audience is going to let you know differently. Mm. And so will other people in your life, not just your audience, you know, the other people that come into your life, yeah. whomever that might be. I mean, I think it's important, even if you don't like, like what, what it's taught me also is like, don't let whatever has been going on during your day affect when you come into the studio or, the, yeah. or into a classroom, for example. Yeah. That's a big one. I think I've really, like, I used to, and I, spoiler alert, surprise, I have been a gigantic drama queen seeking attention <laughs> for a long time, for my whole life. And I know that I was seeking out that attention in a negative way, mm. behaving negatively, hoping people would notice me so that I'd be like, well, now I'll be happy. I wasted so much time doing that. Mm. It was such a wasted way 
uh, an expression uh, of, of how I was, like what I wanted, excuse me. What I wanted was I wanted you to like me. Mm. Okay. So I figured the only way that you'll like me is if I'm, uh, if I, if I've got a problem going on, for example, yeah. or like, okay, I had a really bad day at work. So I want everyone to know about it. Cause I want everybody to feel sorry for me. I would let that affect everything and everyone around me mm. to the point that then they didn't want to be around me. So now I've learned that happened. So what? Let it go. you you don't, you don't need to do that anymore. Mm. It's been really, it's been really, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. you know, having a bad day. And coming in here and not like letting it affect you. Sometimes it's okay if it's affecting your character in a, in a way that's helping yeah. you in the scene. Yeah. It's informing what you're doing. Yeah. Informing you is one thing. But sitting there in the whole class with a pouty little attitude isn't getting anyone <laughs> anywhere. Uh, no. No one's, no one's going to like that energy anyways. Yeah. Especially you. Yeah. And you're wasting your time. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're bringing the general vibe down for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another way of getting attention. Anyways, that's true. yeah, that's true. Yeah, because people be like, don't... "What's up with so and so?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I I really love that parallel you kind of drew between the idea of like you know the walls that we put up and like not letting people in in our everyday life, and the same applies to your work in an improv scene, right? Because a, a scene that's successful is when both improvisers are you know taking in the other person, you know, like you said, listening and. Uh, paying attention to the information that's given. And the same thing I think is true is that in our everyday life, the there's so many potential interactions or moments that you can have with people, but depending on the level of quote unquote walls that we have up, we may, you know, we may seize those moments or we, we might miss out on them without ever really knowing. Um, and I think that's, that's just a really interesting parallel that you mentioned. It's like, getting that rich bit of information from your scene partner yeah. and you totally ignore it yeah, because sure. you have some other agenda. Mm-hmm. When if you had acknowledged it yeah. with a yes and or whatever, just acknowledging it, yeah. as weird as it might sound, I've been in scenes and it's like someone says something like, what did they just say? <laughs> There's a difference between brushing over it, letting it go over your, go over your head and ignoring it or actually accepting that bit of information mm. and seeing where that's going to lead the scene. Yeah. That that's that's really powerful. Yeah. And a lot of times we we give up those opportunities. Yeah. Not just here, I'm talking about in life in general. Yeah. We give up an opportunity because we weren't listening. Yeah. We weren't paying attention to what someone had to say. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, see, now we're getting into the stuff where I'm like, oh, the nitty gritty of improv and like how it, you know, how it does, like, it can like mirror and like this idea of art imitates life and life imitates art. But mm-hmm. I think it's so very true because all these examples you're giving, Daryl, right now, just like, you know, of how like we're not listening, we're not paying attention to things, we're not letting in other people, like those small moments can happen within improv scenes. But then, you know, we expand it and we're like, that happens every day, like, you know, in our work, just going to the the grocery store, you know, just and everything we do, we miss things because we don't hear information. We don't pay attention to other people. We have our own agendas and we steamroll others. And I just, oh, this is the stuff I freak out about because I'm like, see how all this, you know, crosses over between your actual everyday life, how relevant it is, how just impactful it can be. Absolutely. It's, 
So I love hearing that from you because it just it's just confirmation bias for me because I'm like yeah, yeah that's what I believe and I'm like I'm not crazy uh, yeah I think, no you're not crazy because I well thank you thank you <laughs> so I often I, I I've said it before in past episodes but I'm I'm of the believer that like you know it ties back to acting and just arts in general like improv lessons are life lessons and that's you know I'll bring that up once every few episodes because that's a that's a core thing I think that I believe especially at this point in my life as I've gotten a little older from when I was just, you know, trying to do improv for other reasons versus now where it's more, more, it means more to me than it used to. Um, That's great. Wow. That's great that you recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess perspective, I think getting older and not, you know, letting improv be something, you know, I serve improv rather than trying to have improv serve me, if that makes sense. You know, being like, I just get to show up and like, if I do these simple things of listening and, you know, these core tenets of yes anding, building something with another person versus showing up and be like, all right, improv, what opportunities are you going to give me? You know, <laughs> let it come to you versus forcing it, you know, don't have my own agenda. Right. I, th I think a lot of times when we have that agenda, it's again, it's not being present. Mm. If you're doing it in a scene. Yeah, I guess you could have an agenda in 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 life. Period. Yeah, like you know, this is my agenda, and if I don't get it, then yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, like it's it's not always about you. It's not. There's another person in that scene. Mm -hmm. uh, At least, uh, unless you're doing a one man scene or a one person scene. Yeah. So I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you that because I know where you're going. I remember yeah, yeah, someone yeah. talking about that in a, in a previous interview that I listened to yeah. um, like for the most majority we do two people scenes. Yeah, we do. It's um, pretty standard. Yeah. Pretty standard. So every once in a while you get to do one person once. Although I kind of like those every once in a while, but yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, it's just get rid of the agendas. Mm. Just, just toss it away. It doesn't, mm. it's not going to help you move forward and you're not going to hear what the person is saying. I really have learned that. That if you if you're trying to if you've okay if you're talking to somebody yeah and they're talking to you about something and you've already formulated an answer to them and they're still talking and they're moving on you're still stuck in that back there back that that first thing that they said hmm. you're not being present and you're not listening yeah you're robbing that person because they you they deserve your attention hmm. so you don't like. One of the things is learning that you don't have to have an answer for everything. Yeah. I've learned that also. Yeah. I've had people point out, you don't, have to, you don't have to answer everything for everybody. You don't have to fix everything for everybody. It's like, wow, I thought I was supposed to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to do that. Wow, that takes off a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, I've heard it said before, if you don't like me, it's not my loss, really. Yeah, it? it's not. It's not my loss. Yeah, it's like you. That's okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to be friends with everybody in the world. I don't want to be. I just want to respect. I want respect. I want to respect you, mm. and and yeah. I deserve respect. Yeah, you want that's to it. see that reciprocated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's true in improv and life. Whoa! Yeah. Ooh, again, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much. Yeah. Know, it imitates, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah, I could say that literally just at the end of like, like every time you share something, I'll be like, hey, that's true. <laughs> literally everything I know. People are going to be like, oh my gosh, this Michael guy just loves his improv life lessons. 
<laughs> it's like half the reason I love this podcast is just because we get to talk about that. Yeah. Um, the, I, I do kind of want to shift our focus back on um, going back to improv and okay. your kind of career that you have so far that you've made for yourself, Daryl, both as a stand-up, as an improviser. Um, you've done some sketch comedy. Uh, Daryl was part of a sketch comedy show we did over the summer. He wrote this fantastic sketch about a family reunion and the idea of just, you know, you not wanting to be like all the people you see at your family reunion, but you are. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think it's just such a fun premise because many people have experiences at family reunions. So it's yeah. just, it's fun to see that exaggerated like you did. Um, and I hope I would like to see uh, some more sketches from you down the line. Um, Cause that was but a taste, I think. But a taste. But a taste. Um, so with that said, where am I going with this? Uh, think about where you are now, you know, kind of in these different areas of comedy that you've explored. Do you have some goals or things you want to explore or try next within improv, within standup, uh, within sketch kind of what, Looking ahead, Daryl, what, what is on the horizon? I won't lie. It would be a lie if I didn't say I have thought about wanting to do a career as a stand-up comic, for example, mm. or uh, be more on, on stage. Yeah. Uh, as far as improv goes, I'd like to get a team together. Mm. I've, I've, I have a few friends that are interested and I'd like to start performing yeah. and get out. Um, not that I don't like performing with IFTP. I want to I experience elsewhere and, yeah. and, and share elsewhere and make people laugh elsewhere. In that regard, yeah. trying to experience more shows, yeah. going to different theaters yeah. and, and testing it out, trying it. Do I like it? How does it, how does it feel? Yeah. That type of thing. Expand your palate. Yeah, yeah. And so... Going back to if you, if you if you don't get a challenge, you kind of become stagnant, mm. and then you're not moving forward. And so, moving forward means I have to keep I have to keep pushing myself. Yeah, I have to keep taking care of myself. I have to keep wanting to do this. I do want to do this. So, what does it mean? So, what I need to work on is stepping out of the fear mm. and just going for it. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty comfortable doing stuff here. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I really like it. I work yeah. with a bunch of great people and they, I never feel like anybody's trying to screw me. Yeah. I will need a little more. I need someone that doesn't necessarily like, like go in front of a group of people I don't know and perform yeah. in front of those people. You want to stretch yourself. Yeah. And see what, what, where that takes me. Yeah. I mean, I've actually seen a bunch of plays recently also now mm. that you can go and see musicals and stuff like yeah. that, Ooh, which has been really plays. nice. Yeah. It's been so nice to do that and have yeah. that experience. I love seeing people on stage and wow, almost yeah. every time after I'm done watching a performance, it's like, I've got to get in a movie. I've got to get, not a movie. I've yeah. got to get in a play. Sure. I want to be in a play. I want to yeah. get up there. And I think about what is that going to take? Mm. Like, what, what talents do I have? Besides improv and stand up, I can't sing a tune to save my life. I mean, it's fun to do karaoke because oh, who yeah, cares how bad you sound, right? Thank God that I have windows on my car that I can close up <laughs> when I'm singing so no one hears me. Yeah. I'm just like, what is that person talking to themselves? Mm, no, I'm singing my yeah. I love songs oh, and too. love hearing that. So, um, I mean, that's, I've thought about it. I've yeah. thought about what does that entail? Yeah. Getting into a play or a musical. Yeah. yeah. I, I, 
that nervousness, that fear, yeah. like that of the unknown is what's yeah. probably stopping me. If I just took the step and just tried it out, mm. I'd probably get an answer. Yeah. I think. And then I wouldn't be scared anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it'd be like, Oh, well now I've done it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think, I think you should definitely explore plays musicals. I think <laughs> I could see you doing well there it's, and they're a ton of fun. So yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I like to, you know, I mean, I'm an actor. Yeah. I, I really yeah. am an actor. So yeah, you are. I mean, you've already shown, right? Like, like you said, you, you're just wanting to explore other areas within performance, I think, because you've already explored a few here. You've done sketch, you've done improv, you've done stand up. Those yeah. are three, you know, very different like areas of comedy. Now you want to explore that in other areas, maybe a little bit of drama, a bit of music. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we'll get you into Shakespeare. I love drama. I mean, Matt has a workshop called Drama Prov. Mm hmm. I've taken every single one mm. and have loved every single one of them that I've done yeah. because I love that dramatic part. And I think what's really fun about IFTP and their classes is that I can do drama also if I want to in a scene. Mm. I can get really dramatic. Like, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Because either I'm really making the people laugh because I'm so dramatic or they're just like, I mean, they're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> whoa. It's like, is he really acting or is this really... Or is that real? Well, I mean, I think it's partly all. I mean, I think it is kind of a little bit of real, even if it is yeah. acting. Yeah. I mean, you got to, you become that dramatic person from experiences that you've learned from what, uh, in your life, watching other people, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, drama prof. I mm. love that mm. so much. It's so fun. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it as kind of your goals or like thinking about what's next for you is just like, yeah, exploring more facets of performing and saying like, hey, I feel comfortable at this. I'm experienced at this now, you know, improv, stand up, all that. I want to try new things and like kind of have that experience again of like starting from like, okay, this is my first time doing this. I want to work my way through it, build myself up in that. And I, I think that's really awesome because that just lends you becoming an even more well-rounded performer than you already are. And I think, I think you might surprise yourself with the skills that you already have, how they might translate into those other areas. Cause I mean, improv can, Oh my gosh, I think it can help in anything. Oh yeah. And it has helped in stand up. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And I, I mean, mean, it's amazing. Yeah. You can just rely on, I mean, first of all, in stand up, if you can't remember what you're going to say, it doesn't matter. Cause they don't know what you're going to say. They do not. So you can say whatever, yeah. if something pops in, into your mind and that's okay that's really a real great level of comfort mm -hmm. i hear a lot of times people say well i can't do stand-up because of x y and z i said uh you probably can do it because of x y and z mm -hmm. what you need to do is just yeah. be just be comfortable yeah. it's okay no people are there to laugh and if you just be yourself and you whatever don't worry about it it's amazing what happens yeah yeah i mean when you worry too much, it's just, oh, it stops you or something. <laughs> Gets in the way of everything. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, just stand up too. Stand up is, stand up is one of the hardest things, I think, because at the end of the day, it's just you and a microphone and like, you're hoping for the best. <laughs> like, that's tough. That's tough. So play, psh, musical, psh, yeah. like you got a whole cast in those. Yeah. I mean, sure, there's solos and monologues and things like that, but it is not the same. And uh, having... Having done a little bit of both, I think play, I think plays are easier than stand up, Daryl. <laughs> I really do. Oh you, you are much more experienced stand up than I am, so I think I think you'll be a okay. 
Thank you, Michael. Yeah. Thank you for believing in me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I've seen what you can do and I've seen what, what like excellence, care and hard work you bring to these current like fields that you're involved in. So I know that'll translate to those other areas. So with that said, Daryl, uh, I actually had someone text me just moments ago. Uh, yes. Yeah, my friend, Lenifer Watson. Lenifer. And, yeah. Lenifer Watson. And she texted me, she said, Hey, I know, I know Daryl's on the show tonight. Uh, uh, and Lenifer is new. She just joined IFTP uh, today. Really? And yeah, Lenifer is, is just wondering if you had any advice for her. She's never taken an improv class before. <sighs> Lenifer. Lenifer Watson, yeah. Let me tell you, Lenifer, mm. the first thing you got to do is commit. Mm. You're not going to know it all, and it's not going to be... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm searching for a word that's not coming. You can't get it all in one day. You won't know how much fun it will be by just taking one class. Giving up right away is not an option. You got to keep putting in the reps. Hmm. Four weeks is just a start. Yeah. Eight weeks is another part of that journey. You got to keep going. You got to keep showing up. You've got to, Keep putting your best foot forward. Mm. And when you don't believe in yourself, that's when you should believe in yourself. I know it sounds weird, but if you don't believe in yourself, believe in yourself. That doubt is actually something that it's making you think. Mm. Like, think about it. Yeah. Take that. Listen to that gut. If you really, really like it, don't give up. Yeah. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Lenifer Watson. Uh, Lenifer Watson. Yeah. Newest member of IFTP. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to meet Lenifer. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, I mean, no, I've known her a long time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing that wisdom You're with welcome. Lenifer and uh, the rest of the listeners and viewers at home. Um, all right, Daryl. Uh, so, I think just to summarize, and we'll touch back this towards the end, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, the lesson I think I take away from your story and your improv experience so far is that um, something that is also true in improv is like, today is the day. I'm going to seize the moment and I'm going to, to the best of my ability, take control of what I can control and make the most of it. And I think that's shown through in your work thus far. And I'm excited to see how that shows up and what's next for you. Thank you, Michael. Hmm. Now, with that said, speaking of what next, what's next for you, Daryl? What's next? You ready to play some improv games? I sure am. All right. That's why we're here. Improv for the podcast. All right. So here we go. So uh, the first improv game that we are going to uh, play today, Daryl, uh, actually has to do with giving advice. So you actually just gave some great advice to Lenifer Watson, okay. uh, but we're going to need your help finding advice for a few other topics. So okay. this game is called Good bad, worse. And in this game, you and I are going to work together uh, to come up with some advice for a few different topics. Um, okay. So we'll give some good advice, we'll give some bad advice, and we'll give some worse advice. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's important to have layers to this. So there's three problems that you and I are going to tackle today, Daryl. And how this will work, uh, I'll give us our topic, and I'll have you start. You'll give the good advice, I'll give the bad advice, then you give the worse advice. Okay. Then we'll move on to our next topic. Okay. And we'll switch. I'll do good, bad, worse. You know, 
go back and forth like that, essentially. Sounds good. All right. Any questions for me before we jump in? No. All right. Luckily, Daryl is ready to give some advice. I am ready. Thank you for your help. Uh, there are thousands of others out there like Lenifer and just people in general who are going to need this advice that we're sharing today, Daryl. So, uh, no pressure. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> All right. So this first problem, uh, that, that I heard about that someone is struggling with, uh, and we'll keep these, uh, poor people anonymous who are struggling. Yes. Um, this person said they're afraid of lakes. <sighs> oh no. That's, I am so sorry to hear that. Yeah. What I want to tell you is that start small, start with a bath. Mm. Once you become comfortable with a the bath, then you should be able to go out and sit in the lake. Yeah, I think that's some, some good advice, Daryl. Yeah, start small. And uh, I think my advice for this person who's afraid of lakes is that, um, you know, just uh, uh, just just go in one. Just go in one. But just stay in the shallow end. Uh, get over it. Just go in a lake and uh, drink some of the water, and I think that'll help you feel better. So my advice is what you need to do is without even having a vest, life vest on, you row out to the middle of the lake, oh. to the deepest part of that lake, okay? And then what you do is you carry a big old weight, like in your hands, and you jump into the water. Oh. And then what you'll do is you'll sink all the way down to the bottom of the lake, that's what you need to do to get more comfortable oh, with lakes. That's that's great advice. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So listeners at home, uh, we've just given you a pretty good roadmap on how to overcome your fear of lakes. So <laughs> don't even worry about it. <laughs> okay, this, Is there going to be a disclaimer? <laughs> <laughs> might be hazardous to your health. Yeah, it might be. It might be. But I, I, I like to trust that our audience is smart. Um, all right. So this next, this next problem that uh, uh, someone is having trouble with, uh, it says... Hey, Improv for the podcast. I, uh, I'm really clumsy, really clumsy, and it's becoming kind of a nuisance, which, uh, you know, that is a serious problem. So I'd love to give this listener some advice. So, uh, listener, my advice to you, I hear you're really clumsy, is that, uh, you know, you should just, uh, you know, kind of go around in like some sort of protective suit all day. So even if you are clumsy, you don't get hurt. Uh, if you've seen Seinfeld, there's that character Bubble Boy. That could be you, listener. You could be uh, Bubble Boy. So that's my advice. Yeah. Well, my advice to you, if you're clumsy, is to go around with a pair of roller skates mm. and carry a couple of knives. It's really, really smart. Uh, no protective gear at all. And you should just, like, everyday life, walk up and down 10 flights of stairs, carrying those knives and wearing those uh, roller skates and not even care. Give it a care. So what? So you fall down and get a couple of nicks and cuts. Yeah, it's all right. You'll get back up. Yeah, big deal. Big deal. Big deal. Big deal. Damn. And uh, I think our, our final piece of advice for you, uh, clumsy listener, is that um, honestly, you should just go and uh, get a job at the circus as a tightrope walker, and you'll either remain clumsy or you'll get over it. Up to you. Great advice. Great advice. All right. So there is uh, this one more pretty serious problem that one of our... Uh, one of our listeners is dealing with, um, it says, Hey, improv for the podcast. Oh boy, this is tough. I have to break up with my boyfriend and I don't know how to do it. Can you give me some advice on the best way to break up with my boyfriend? Break up, baby. I'm so sorry. Mm. I'm so sorry to hear We're that. So sorry. The best 
advice about breaking up with someone is you need to do it in a place that has a lot of people so that the person you're breaking up with doesn't start bawling their head out and screaming in torturous pain after you're breaking up with them. Mm. Mm. That's my advice. That's some good advice. And I think, uh, I think my advice is just, um, you know, while you could break up with them in a, in a crowd of people, I think the best thing to do is uh, go over to where they live and go to their bedroom and then break up with them in there. So they'll always associate that memory of being broken up with, with their bedroom. Oh, that's, that's a really great piece of advice. Yeah. What I'm thinking is the best way for you to do it mm. is to, buy, to do it with a blimp. And it'll be flying over their house and it says, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> that way you don't even, you know, there's no torturous last feelings about seeing that person, no bad memories. Just, will you break up with me? That's what I say you should do. Blackout. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a talk about enrichment. I mean, the listeners just learned. Wow. Everyone, you have some solutions to your problems now, people. All right. Thank you, Daryl, for helping dole out uh, some good, bad, and worse advice. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our next game. And this one is going to be a bit more traditional, with a traditional improv scene, but with a bit of a twist. This game is called Horoscope. And what we're actually going to do, Daryl, is that a um, I did some research and found a horoscope reading for your sign today. Uh, Daryl is a Gemini. Is that correct? Yeah. That's correct. So we have a horoscope reading for Gemini. And what we're going to do is we're going to read that together. And then we're going to create a scene based off that reading for today for Gemini's on today, uh, the date of recording, November 2nd, 2021. Okay. So um, I'll go ahead and give us our reading and then we'll perform a scene based off of that. And then I'll just black us out when I think we're done. Okay. All right, here we go. So, Gemini, it's you. Check your house to make certain everything is in working order. There are indications that small hazards could exist that need correcting. Tension might run high among family members and quarrels could result. Don't waste time trying to meditate. They will have to work it out for themselves. This is a great day for study and solitude since your mind is especially especially sharp. This reading comes from horoscope.com. Oh, man. Dave, thank you for that wonderful horoscope. It means so much to me to, to share what you th really think about me as a Gemini. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, um, Cornelius, I, I've just been so worried about you, and I know there's been a lot of, a lot of small things that have been coming up at home, and, you know, as... As your cousin, I, I, you know, I told you three years ago before you bought that house that houses are a money pit, but you didn't really heed my advice. You know, the, the problem is I thought that I'd get a really great tax write-off every year on my taxes. Oh. I didn't realize those little things like mice and cockroaches and, mm. you know, um, nails sticking out of the walls. I don't know what was going on in those people that lived in this house beforehand, but um, there's some really kinky, weird stuff going on. Oh, now, my yeah. goodness, Cornelius. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, I'm thinking that maybe it's time to add another room at the top. Cornelius, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm pretty frustrated with you. You know, I'm, I like to think of myself 
you know, I'm pretty good with money. I'm a financial advisor. Um, and I just feel like every time I give you advice, you know, because I, I care about you, you never, you always do the opposite. I told you not to buy that house. You did. And it's been a huge money pit, like I said. Uh, I, I told you, you know, you shouldn't lease that Tesla. And you did. And now you're thinking about adding a room onto that dump of a house? Cornelius, have you ever thought that I, your cousin, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look out for you? Man, I didn't think about the fact that you've been looking out for me. That is so sweet of you to be doing that. It's just that, you know, being a, an attorney, I know so much more about stuff than you do as a financial advisor. Okay. I, know, I know things about torts and constitutional law and, like, buildings. You know, I mean, I need this extra room because I can rent it out to you. You can come be my roommate. All right, well... Cornelius, I, you know, I don't really appreciate when you kind of lord your intelligence over me. Yeah, I know you went to Harvard Law School, okay? And, well, you know, I just went to University of Phoenix. Um, and yeah, you know what? Uh, I, finances are a bit tough for me right now. You know, they've, they've been better. Perhaps I could give myself some advice. But you know what? As a matter of principle, I don't want to live with you because I can't stand to live with someone who, uh, who thinks they're so much smarter than I am. Wow. I had no idea this is the type of reaction I would get when I was trying to take care of you. I mean, I know you just went to University of Phoenix. I know you only work at Chase Bank. I know you've been there for 15 years 15 and you're years. still a teller you're trying to give financial advice but the thing is you don't have what you really need hey i i often advise people on if you know if they should get all fives or 20s when they're taking out money this is a different type of advice you know that's just you know what you should be carrying in your pocket your your type of advice is just i'm I'm just, you know, having this Harvard degree just shows me how, how, how ignorant you really are at finances. Because... Cornelius, maybe you're right. Maybe I am just your, your dumb cousin who works at Chase Bank. And I've worked at Chase Bank so long, like you said, 15 years. Yeah. I've never been able to make any moves. And you want other people to make moves and do things on your advice and you can't even move after 15 years? I just... Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe? Yeah, I... Yeah, maybe. I'd say it's pretty it's pretty certain you are the issue, the problem. Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I feel like I'm, I'm so awful to you. I love it. I mean, yeah, that was fun. I think, uh, I think I deserve it. <laughs>
Oh, I forgot yeah. who I named you. I hate when I do that. Yeah. I like to do certain names like so I can yeah. always remember. Yeah. Did I call you Dave? I think I called you Dave, but now I don't remember. You'll see it when you play I, it back. Sorry. I'm going to be honest, Daryl. I forgot as well. I love my that own you called name. me Cornelius. That's just one time. of those names that I, I like because I think I don't always do, do this when I'm when I'm on it. You know, sometimes we're like we feel on it and other times in scenes we're not on it. You yeah. know, yeah, like. I like to give a name that's unique enough that I'm not going to forget it. Yeah. But then sometimes, you know, I throw like a Philip out there and I'm like, Ugh. and I almost called you Philip, but then I had a moment. I was like, no, do better. And then I was like, Cornelius. Cornelius I love the name. Yeah. Cause otherwise Cornelius sounds it. snooty also. Oh I mean, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's perfect yeah. for who I, who my character. Uh, yeah. Was. I think that a name helped. Yeah. That name helped like inform that you went to Harvard yeah. business school. And yeah. That, yeah. And I love how you were like, you know, throwing a little legalese in there with tort and like all that stuff. I know. I, I was totally trying to think about other stuff. Yeah. And I was like, torts and constitutional law are about the things that I bring up all the time. Yeah, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should know more considering that I work in a law firm, but hello. Uh, well, you're off right now. Yeah, I'm off. You're off right now. You're on a podcast. Yeah, I'm in a podcast. Yeah, you're important. on a podcast. I'm not there. I'm present here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no worrying about that work stuff. <laughs> Right, Don't terrible. worry, I'm not. I'm <laughs> good, not. <laughs> good. I got a. I got one more game for you that we're okay. gonna play. And this game, uh, this game is actually quite a favorite of mine. So in this game, uh, you're actually gonna have a chance to uh, to flex your acting skills because we're playing a quick round of Oscar-winning moment. And uh, what this game looks like, Daryl, is that you and I are gonna be acting out a scene uh, from a little film called Life After a Robot Takeover. It's the uh, Oscar nominated film. You've been nominated for your performance and we're, we're going to get a quick look at what that scene is. Your Oscar winning moment in the film life after a robot takeover. Oh my gosh. It's a great film. It's a, a d- directed by, uh, you know, a, an indie director, uh, John K Smith. Yeah. John K Smith, indie director, JK Smith, um, directed this film. So you and I, uh, we're going to act out this scene and then I'm going to call out at some point, Daryl, this is your Oscar-winning moment, and you're going to take it from there. Okay. I'll black you out. Okay. All right, so this is a scene from the Oscar-nominated film, Life. Sorry, Oscar-winning film, Life, after a robot takeover. You know what I miss the most? Just, just playing a game of chess without getting beaten by a computer. I miss those days too. Yeah. When I got that human connection. Yeah. That human connection is all about was what it was all about. Randolph, we can still play chess. We can do it together. We can. You're right. You're, you're, you're right, Bob. I know they took over, but they can't take it away from us what's inside our souls. It's right, it's right here. The, the desire for connection. You and I. Robots don't have it. They don't. They don't have it. I'm telling you. They may have taken over, but they can't take it away from us. It's your Oscar winning moment. I want you to know how much I've always cared about my chess games with you. That moment when I pressed my fingers 
on the pond and I push it towards you. It feels so much like the first time I met you. It makes me think about taking one little step closer to you, reaching out to you, letting you be the king in my kingdom. You will always be in my heart and in my soul. I love you. Blackout. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was incredible to get to witness an, an Oscar winning moment right Thank here you. in our humble studio. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, you, what a performance. J.K. Smith, the director, just knew he had captured gold there when, uh, when, that, when that scene was shot, you know, in the film. And uh, I'm glad the Academy was able to recognize your work. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. Um, all right, Daryl. Well, we've, we've talked about many things. We've learned about your improv story. Uh, we've played some games. Are there any final words that you want to leave us with before we go today? I'll just say, live, love, and laugh. Mm. And you get all that at IFTP. It's right there on the side. I, that's that's what I, I'd like to end it that way. I think that's a great way to summarize. Thank you, Daryl. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and thank again Daryl Kane Sanchez for coming on the show today. Uh, I'm your thank host, you, Michael Lee Evans. And uh, as always, uh, this has been Improv for the Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to jump on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you what you think of the show. But until then, we'll see you next time. Improv for the podcast was created by Matt Moore and Michael Lee Evans. Edited and produced by Michael Lee Evans. And finally, presented by Improv for the People. Interested in more IFTP? You can visit us at improvforthepeople.com or on our socials, such as Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Remember, new episodes are released weekly. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.